0: Hello and welcome to The Intentional Soul, the home for the highly functioning spiritual types out in the world. It is here that we look at the world and ourselves through the lens of higher consciousness, connecting deeply to who and what we really are. Now, My name is Tom Ross, spiritual teacher, healer, spiritual nonconformist, and I am your host for these conversations. On The Intentional Soul, we hear not only from me, but from people who are living intentionally, openly and authentically in their world. We'll hear their stories of personal transformation while sharing best practices and tactics to help you get the most out of this game called life. Now, nothing is off limits as we seek to expand ourselves and our awareness and live ultimately our most authentic lives. Let's dive in. All right, with us today is Jean Omlor who is a certified business strategist and an online business coach. Who serves really the smart go getters of the world. Jean is a natural born motivator, encourager, and strategist. And she's here to help her clients operate at their ultimate potential. She helps people maximize profits while being the visionary that they're destined to be. And she infuses her ICF accreditation from intelligent leadership into all of her trainings so that her clients prosper and fulfill their ultimate potential while being leaders in their business and lives. Jean, thank you so much for joining us here on the intentional soul.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Thomas.
0: Jean, would you mind telling us? Because you've got a you have an inspiring story of transformation of your own. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your background?
1: Sure, I'll, I'll keep it. You know the the cliff notes. Um, I started as a fashion designer, actually. Then I was an actress for many, many years. While I did a bunch of other things, of course, I lived in different countries. I grew up in Australia. I lived in Paris for six years. I worked in Vienna. I moved to New York to be, you know, a full-time actress, which was never full-time actually. And I ended up by accident becoming a uh, an, a, a recruiter for Wall Street and became quite a good recruiter for Wall Street, hiring top Wall Street people, which was kind of by accident while I was doing okay. my acting. And then I was also making films and I became a coach 12 years ago. I had newly become a solo parent of two daughters in New York city. And I thought, okay, what can I do? And I thought I've got to do something that I can do at home and I'm good at. And I thought I've already been always been pretty good at like coaching people informally. And I thought, okay, I think that's it. And I became a coach and I got certified at night while my kids were sleeping and started getting clients while I was in my pajamas in different parts of the world by just referrals at first. And I kept going and and I was coaching. I was business and life coach. I was coaching all sorts of businesses and CEOs. And then I became an executive leadership coach And, and actually my coach was the coach that used to be Steve Jobs. And then that happened and then, um, went through a pretty nasty divorce and got to move from New York. And then I became, you know, got into deep debt. And at 54 years, no, I was 54 years old, four years ago. I thought, what am I doing?
0: Mm.
1: I wasn't, I was failing. I thought my, my girls are going to see this at some point because, you know, you can live on credit and you eat well and you have a nice yeah. place to live and they won't know. And I thought they're going to know. I thought I, I need to, and I woke up one morning and I thought, if not now, when? Because I always thought when I get online and when I, and somewhere in my brain, you know, somewhere, you know, that kernel in your brain where you hear stuff, listen yep. to that somewhere in my brain, I knew I was going to be a million dollar coach. Okay. And it wasn't just about being a million dollar coach It's what that means that you're helping people. And you're, you're in the top level of coaches. I thought I'm really good at what I do. Why am I not there? I thought, well, I got to get online. Now I didn't know anything about online, but I just found a 10 K program and plonked down 10 k on three different credit cards. And the rest is history.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. So, so that was, so you, you had a breadth of experience in coaching uh, a divorce and a subsequent breakdown, and then essentially did you re- was it a reinvention that you would describe like four years ago like what yes. was the it okay. was
1: it was because offline is very different from online now I was coaching all sorts of businesses um all sorts of businesses and and CEOs and I was doing like, group coaching as an exec, you know as an executive leadership coach when I went online, it's a different way of operating because you're not out networking. And that is actually a very networking's great if you're looking for like high end collaborations and stuff like that. But it's really not a good solution for like coaches and consultants and online service providers. They should be online. And I didn't know about online marketing at all four years ago. And I knew that I needed to learn for years, but I never did because I was kind of fine offline. So I thought, well, I need to just learn a whole new way of working whole new way of working. So I, I was hardly even on social media. I had Facebook just to text my friends in Australia. And I thought, well, I, so, you know, I had to undertake this whole, you know, when you take a chunk and you're like, oh, that is going to be all this learning. So I took a deep breath and I started that process and I got online and I realized that coaches really need help. So I started Mm -hmm. focusing on coaches, consultants, and certain online service providers. There's certain ones that my organic marketing works with. And I cracked the code on this in about eight weeks. I got no clients for eight weeks. On the eighth week, I started getting clients and I thought, okay, I have it. And then people started saying, how are you doing that? I want to work with you. And I got to a million dollars in 17 months without ads. Very simply, very simple. No ads, no funnels, no tech. I didn't even redo my website. I didn't have time. It was... So getting clients that still had stuff about executive coaching on there. Now, I still do like very high end stuff like that, but it's not something I put on my website because it's not my main market. And people just started working with me and I started getting testimonials. And we have a testimonial page that's like, you know, 50 feet long now after four it's, years.
0: It's the most impressive thing <laughs> that I've seen in terms of like like web presence. The amount of testimonials we have is it's it's incredible.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And we we actually lost about 70 of them when we moved the page. And it was so hard to go sift through them all that we just said, oh, just let's leave it. Because we would have to sift through and see which ones. And my team was like, that's going to take us. So I said, okay, forget it. We have so many anyway. So we actually had more. And then I just kept going. And, you know, I tested ads because I want to test everything. And I'm always testing. We actually came up with some new AI training. So we're always testing everything and simplifying it for our clients, because I'm not good at tech. And I thought, you know, I'm not good at tech and I don't want to create funnels. and uh, I just want to be able to go out simply and talk to people and get clients. And that's what I teach. So the first million was just off my Facebook personal profile and a little bit of LinkedIn. And then we grew our LinkedIn and then we grew our Instagram and now we're growing TikTok. So we coach on four different platforms now, and we're going to, you know, get better at YouTube as well. So it really... What I'm teaching by my example is how simple it can be to, if, you know, you're good at what you do, or if you just believe you're good, because we coach a lot of coaches that are just starting and they get right into high ticket from zero. So there's all these velvet ropes. You know what the velvet rope is? You know, when you're going to a nightclub and they have the velvet rope and yeah. you can't get in because you're not cool, right? right? There is no velvet rope. We make that velvet rope in our minds. Ah. Uh to keep us back. So when people work with us, they're like, wow, I cannot believe how simple this was because we tell ourselves things like, Oh, I already need to be an influencer, but how do you become an influencer? You become an influencer by getting clients. They feel your authority and power because you're, you're making money with your business and you're not like a talking head. That's pretending you're doing well. So people are, they're coming at it in the wrong way. And we talked about the facade a minute ago, right. Mm -hmm. When we were chatting privately People are like, oh, when I'm an influencer, then I'm going to make money. Well, you make money because you become an influencer while you're making money because people can see this person's doing well and it's authentic and you're not like faking it till you make it. People see through that energetically. So, but I'm not saying to not believe in yourself to go get one client because all you need is one person to dig what you do to say, yep, I value that person. I'm going to pay you high ticket. Now, what do you have? A client and a testimonial then you get another one. So my thing is about one thing at a time. The one thing, you know, that book, the yeah, one. Yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. I love that book. The one thing, then another, then another. So my goal with my clients and myself, because I'm not complicated, I'm very simple in how I do things is okay. What's my highest impact action to get one client. It's so not building a bunch of funnels and, and doing a bunch of you know, books and all that. That won't get you a client right away. That's later. You know, that's right. later. And you know, I'm actually starting a podcast finally after four years, because Congratulations. Uh, thank you. i I want to, I have bandwidth and I have a team now that's not taking away from our lead generation or anything like that. We're not letting anything plummet to do this broad sort of more broad strategy. So, so that's kind of, um, yes, to answer your question, I'm sorry, I went on and on with that, but, but yes, it was completely different because it was learning online marketing.
0: What was the inspiration uh, to reach, coaches and actually help train coaches and business owners to to scale versus the one-on-one or executive uh, coaching that you were uh, that you were doing previously.
1: Well, uh, that the, the one-on-one, I mean I could still get that online because we we do help our executive coaches. But that wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. I mean, I do that as I said that if I do that that's a very high level private label advisory kind of thing that's mm-hmm. not to do with this. So, sure, but that's that's not the scope of most people's budget or where they are. Cause th- that's very high end. I'll right. do a few, of, I'll do a few of those. I went online and I just started talking to people, all sorts of entrepreneurs. Cause I used to coach all sorts of entrepreneurs. And what I saw in eight weeks, I thought, wow, wait a minute. There are so many coaches It's rampant. These coaches don't know how to get clients. And what i found is if you know how to get clients somewhere, I know I knew how to get clients offline. All I had to do was figure that out online. Cause I really, I was good at it. So I thought, okay, I know how to do this offline. Now I've got to figure out how that works online. Okay. And I did. I did. And I I realized just how many and millions of coaches really are good at what they do. You know, they're good. They help, but they just don't know how to do the marketing. So my goal is to help them to be able to be well-paid coaches while they're serving people. Because it's always two things with me. We only help people that help other people. That's it. I'm not going to, but we also help people that help other people that are very aware that money is a good thing and that you, you there's nothing wrong with it and there shouldn't be a shame. So we can't help people that go, oh no, I just want to serve. Well, do you want a business and serve or you just want to serve and not have a business and it's a hobby and have a job? <laughs> because, right, you know, right, right. You're going to have to have a job. Oh no, I well, you're going to figure that out. You want to be a poor coach, an impoverished coach, impoverished coaches don't really speak power out in the world because money is money is personal power. It's energy. Right. It's ability. It's not worrying about, you know, it's very hard to be a good coach or a great coach. If you're worried about paying the rent every month, yeah, you can still be a good coach, but it's harder. And it's harder to feel in alignment, right?
0: Yeah. It's like the, there's a, there's a hole in the, uh, in the game. It's you can be amazing in all these other areas, but there's this glaring, there's this glaring area that, you know, it's that physician heal thyself, right? Because I mean, mm. in, would you, would you? I imagine, would you say that as a, as a coach, you need to be able to, to help across a spectrum of of human experience and the different ways that people are having are having issues. And so, I would think that if you have a massive money issue as your uh, and something you're unwilling to resolve on that, I mean, that limits your ability to serve. You know, people coming in uh, that have that need. Make that is very
1: up. true. That is very true. But some people might say, well, you know, Jean, I'm a health coach. I'm a relationship coach still. Yeah if you're a relationship coach or a health coach or any kind of coach that has nothing to do with helping people make money, it still doesn't help your energy out there that I'm a struggling health coach. Right. I'm a struggling relationship coach because it's coming across. And also there is a, a sort of almost inevitable desperation that starts taking place mm. when you're not getting clients and that erodes your energy more and more and more. And it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's about sales. It's about marketing. It's also about energy. It's always about those, right? It's not that the energy has nothing to do with it. It's like on a sales call. It's not just what you're saying to people. It's how you're turning up, right? right? Because you could have the best script in the world. but If you don't turn up and serve and be confident, then you're not going to get clients. You just
0: won't. I've got a a, a dear friend and a mentor of mine uh, that um, my teacher actually that always liked to say it's like planning a uh, planting a rose garden over a sewer, you know, right. <laughs> it can look great on the outside, but you smell what's going on underneath.
1: <laughs> that's true. Um, I, that, that's an interesting way of putting it. I hadn't heard that before.
0: What, what do you feel that people, business owners, uh, struggle with the most as they, as they kind of like reach for the, this, like what's important, uh, to them? Do you see common through lines, uh, in, uh, in people, you know, it, it, if it's, a uh, a belief in self in some capacity, or if it's like you pointed to earlier, like a, like a willingness or ability to, uh, to allow themselves to be paid or paid in accordance with their service versus mm-hmm. like undercutting, like, like mm-hmm. what do you see with the, with the, the spectrum of people you work with?
1: Well, I, okay. This is a spectrum of all entrepreneurs. Okay. Is I've seen all entrepreneurs struggle with the idea that they have to be a marketer. Okay. But but you know, even let's just talk about like a pie shop, right? Well, I make be- delicious pies and they're really delicious. So why should I have to also learn how to sell? Well, right. I have beautiful pies. I'm a baker. Let's talk about that. Let's take it, you know, really make it away from the subject, right? I'm a baker. I'm really good at these pies. My mom likes them. My whole family loves, them. my friends love my pies. Every time I make a pie, they're like, wow, why should I have to market? Well, I mean, that's an obvious answer, Right.
0: Right. Cause I like to sell a pie
1: (laughs) because you have to sell the pies. So, well, let's see. And this happens a lot in all businesses. This is an age old problem. I'm great at what I do. I don't want to learn how to be a business person. Then don't be a business person, make pies for your family. Okay. (laughs) If that's what you want, but when someone decides that they're going to open a business, they need to learn how to run a business. And if they can't have a hissy fit with the universe that they need to learn how to run a business because it's just immature, right? Yeah. Otherwise, don't. So it's sort of this sort of like not all in, not understanding and getting with the plan. So you make pies. We love your pies. Now you want to make a business. Learn how to run a business. Running a business also takes marketing. you got to learn. Oh, I don't want to learn marketing. Well, you're going to have to if you want to sell those pies. Then I hear this a lot. People should just come to me. I've heard Mm. this many times in my career. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? People should let's who's people and why should they just come to you? Why? (laughs) And how can they come to you if you're in the back of a dark alley and there's no marketing pointing to the dark alley, you can have the best pies in the world and only the rats will know that. Right. Right. So, so that's general. Now let's talk about coaches and consultants still shades of that. Okay. However, Coaches are now like, but I just want to coach. I just want to help people and transform their lives because I'm a transitional, transformational life coach and I'm going to help with XYZ or this. I'm so good at this. I'm certified and I love it. And when I get those practice clients or the one or two I've had or the trickle that I'm having, they get great results. They love me, Sean. Great. Still got to learn how to market.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: still learn how to market. Or otherwise, what's going to happen? You're still going to get those freebie. You're still going to. You're not going to get enough people on a call, so then the problem is always there's not enough leads. So if you have one call every month, you're going to be pretty desperate to close that client, right? Right. Yeah. So you're going to bend over and, and to twist, uh, twist yourself into a pretzel. You're going to lower your prices. You're going to seem desperate, and they're going to be like, "Oh, hmm, this person obviously doesn't have clients. Let me try to get it for you know, fifty dollars a session." That's the problem. Now, when you are client poor. I call that that's client poverty Mm -hmm. and client poverty happens when you are lead poor, you have to get people on a call or clicking or booking or whatever it is, how you sell your stuff. Then we get to the next problem. Oh, I don't want to sell. (laughs) So we have all these problems and all these (laughs) obstacles, all these obstacles to connecting your talents to your market. And what you need is you need a connector like this. That's the Mm -hmm. pen. Okay. I'm, I'm using that connector for my clients, but the, the thing is, there's just a, a reality check of life. You know, if you want to get good at piano, do you throw a fit if you have to take piano lessons and practice? No, we pretty much all understand. We have to take piano lessons and practice to be really good at piano. Nobody argues with that. Do we? Right. No, you want to be a top athlete. Do they complain about, you know, diving into an icy pool at four, 4am 4 for years? Nope. Nope. They know. That, that has to be. So somehow we understand that for sports. We understand that for music. We understand that if we want to have a PhD, we're going to have to, that's hard, right? Do all those hours. Yeah. We want to go to university or we want to learn any skill or be a CPA or a lawyer or doctor. We all know, Oh, I want to be a doctor. That's going to be eight or 10 years. It's going to be a lot of blah, 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 student loans, late nights, bags under my eyes, all sorts of stuff. Right. But somehow, I figured out that the one place that people seem to think it should be magical is business. And I don't know how we got to that.
0: It is fascinating. Absolutely. Um, My hallucination is that uh, that these these other examples that we describe, there's a long history that, that practitioners have of that discipline of work, result, work, result, learn, result, learn, result. And... In business, it's almost like, you know, you, you don't there's there's no cultural association of of work with what you're seeing on the on the other side. People can look at it and hallucinate it. Oh, they you know, just roll out of bed. And that's just something that happened for them You mm. know, because you didn't have the experience of of I know I can't play piano. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm making it up, but that's, you know, well, that's I like
1: the word I'm hallucination. Saying. I like the, yeah. the word hallucination. It's really funny you said that because in French. Uh, they have a saying, j'allucine. It
0: uh-huh. means
1: it means I'm hallucinating. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? It means like, are, 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 am I hallucinating here? That's what it kind of <laughs> means. Uh, it, 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 they say like, um, ben, you know, jalucine. So what you said is great. And it, it really is a hallucination. It's really like, it's just not, not looking at it like reality. And we, Although I believe in all the manifestation stuff and the mindset, I'm really big into that. In our program, we have a lot of that because Mm -hmm. there is that, that's what makes it a holistic thing is the mindset manifestation and the reality check. You do need to take steps, action steps. You know, it's chaos theory. It's quantum physics. If you take a step, all sorts of stuff happens. Even me moving my hand right now, there's all sorts of air and dust and all sorts of stuff and molecules moving, my arms waving around. You still have to take steps. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to hope my way. Now, I know a lot of people that are really good at manifestation, um, but these are master manifestors. But you know what I found out about them? They're also master action takers, but they don't yeah. talk about that on social media, you know? And you're like, oh, wait a minute. You have this whole sales team. You built that up. You didn't just lie on a bed going, oh, I'm just, it's all coming to me.
0: Yeah. You know, Somebody it, it, come by and airlift a million dollars into my window is not how yeah. not how that yeah. works.
1: And we didn't fulfill it, and we got no team. Yeah, they have teams, salespeople, lead gen. They're on podcasts. They're writing books. That's action to me. Yeah, you know. So the narrative of oh, I just lie on my couch all day and manifest. Sure, I'm sure they do spend an hour or two manifesting. You know, a lot of yeah. people. I do. I do. You know, all sorts of meditations now. So, so I think it really is desire. Mm-hmm. Desire. Really, it comes to desire. How much do you want this coaching business? to succeed how much do you want to be that vision and some people go oh it's eleven and then they're not prepared to do what it takes so and i don't mean if it's illegal or moral or unethical i don't mean that or making a fool of right, yourself yeah. i mean there's there's a disc, another hallucination oh i want to make a million i want to be a million dollar coach great let's see how we're going to do this with you uh we well, yeah, i guess i don't want it that much well what do you want well and then you dwindle it down it's really like well I really don't want to do much to make this happen, but I want to say I want to be a million dollar coach. So I think it's really important for people to honor themselves with what they really do desire, because if you're fooling yourself, you're harming yourself.
0: Because How do you how do you have conversations with people that draws out like what you really want? Because I'm assuming that that's, that's a, a part of the process. You wouldn't <laughs> yes. engage with somebody and assume that you know or assume that they even know like what's your process to discern what they're really committed to or what they want?
1: personally i personally take all my discovery calls myself still cuz okay. i really i really want to know who could be a good fit for our program. Cause we have group, we have a lot of one-on-one as well. And we have a very high touch program. So it's not like they're just lost in my program. It doesn't really matter. It matters to us who we're dealing with and whether we can really help them. So I actually evaluate that. I literally say on a scale of one, I find out all the desires and I'm listening and I'm reading between the lines. I'm asking deeper questions. Like, what do they really want? Why do they want it? Cause sometimes people go, actually, you're right. I don't even want that. I just said that cause I saw it on a social media. I don't really want a Lamborghini. You know, I don't care about, Mm -hmm. I don't care about a Lamborghini myself. You know, seems like everybody wants a Lamborghini. I don't know why, but you know, some people do, I bless that they really want it, but I think they're sort of being told what they should want. So I want to get to the core of what the person's actual desires are in their life for their business, for how it's going to, you know, affect their family. Well, if they do well, because there's always if they earn more money, it's going to help their family. Their kids will get to go to better schools. They'll be able to go on better vacations. They'll be able to save. They'll be able to buy the house they want. They'll be able to have less stress in the couple, maybe even, you know, retire their husband or their wife. So there's a lot of things money can do that's fantastic. Or just, you know, get a better retirement plan in place and get a buffer, right? Mm -hmm. So to get that deep desire, then we know what do you really want? Now let's see if we can help you get that. But I also ask, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you want that? If they say a five, that's neutral. I can't work right. with that person. That's a neutral five is like, well, and one person actually said, I really want to make a million dollars. She's all excited. I said, okay. Um, on a um, how much do you want? She was five. I said, five, that's <laughs> neutral. So, you, you know, she goes, yeah, you know, if a million dollars came to me as a coach, I would take it. And I said, okay, I can't work with you. Because a million dollars is never, as you said, is never going to just fall into your, with no with, without a plan, without a strategy, without intention, without developing yourself, which is great. Because see, so getting to make money is not just about the money; it's also the journey of how you are transforming as you're making the money, like building teams, working with people, being an influencer, uh, getting more confidence, uh, opening your mind up to other things like investments and, and other. It's not just about the money; it really isn't. So. You can't even have that dropped on you because there's so much development that takes place. And then after the first million, you know, you have to make sure you really love what you do because, you know, then it's like, yeah, I made a million. You got to really love what you do after that first million to keep going. Does that make sense?
0: hundred percent. I mean, it's a, you, you can build yourself a, a, a very gilded cage, right? I mean, that's the, it's, you know, you can construct amazing things. That then feel trapped or imprisoned, uh, or imprisoned by that, which, which is what I hear when you talk about like you have to really want it to keep uh, to keep doing it, right?
1: Well, it, so, me- what I mean is, if it's not meaningful, you won't care about making the next million. You, you right? It oh, to-
0: got it. like I touch the bar, but I'm not inspired to continue. Right? It. It,
1: it, it's like yeah, I made a million. You really have to be all in and love what you do and love serving people at that point, because you won't sustain growth if it's just about the money. It really yeah. isn't at that point. You proved yourself okay, and I'm helping all these people, but you really need to find more meaning in what you're doing, and make sure the main meaning is there for you to get to the next level. Is what I mean.
0: So you produce exquisite results for uh, for business owners in uh, in growth and in growth and scalability, and so my what I suppose is that you that you work with a broad spectrum of, of people who are who are willing. Within that spectrum, how many people are, it's really just about nuts and bolts, practical, tactical, and then they just act and they get re- and they get the results versus people that have to, people that are, are going through some kind of transformative process, you know, in a, in a personal development process to put them in a position to then be able to, to do it. Because I'll bet you, you probably, based on, what I know of your business, you probably work that entire spectrum of of human, or is it only people who are interested in the development side?
1: Well, actually, it, it's I call it a holistic program because what happened, first of all, it's just coaches, consultants, and certain service providers. So it's not like all business people. It's got to it. be yep. really clear on that. So what happens is really interesting. People get what they need in my program. Some people come in thinking that they really don't need the mindset. They said, "Oh, you know what? I just need the strategy." Like, great, you just need the strategy, sales content, you know, everything else. And they, yeah, I really don't need uh, great. Then they say to me, you know what? I didn't realize how much I needed that mindset. Mm. And that was transformational. Uh, I mean, yes, I got more, I got more clients, but I didn't understand how much transformation on a personal development level I was going to experience in your program. Okay. So, and then other people, they're already like really into the mindset, and they just really just don't know the marketing. And they're like, okay, I was kind of okay. But there was some mindset missing if they weren't getting the sales. And I said, well, you're not getting the sales. So that points to some mindset. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I love it when people say I don't need mindset. We all need mindset. (laughs) I need mindset. So I just love when they say, oh, I don't need mindset. That's like saying I am a complete human being that has no uh, progress left in my life for me openness, you know, like we, right. we need mindset every day. Like who was it? Um Bob Proctor was saying he did mindset every single day of his life. That's what he taught. And that's what he did. So I, I kind of just laugh because it's like, we all need mindset. Sometimes we're in a good mindset. Sometimes we're not. I just keep learning about new things, but that's like saying, I cannot develop any more in my lifetime because I am just a perfectly mindseted human individual. You
0: know? it's, it's I'm fully baked. There's nothing more to do.
1: Nothing more. That means that means you're just static. That's a problem in mindset. When they say that, I'm thinking, yeah, that's actually a problem of mindset. Thinking that you don't need mindset. I know what they mean. They mean like, oh, I've done so many mindset courses, and I'm thinking, great. But however, you're still not making money as a coach. So something's missing, right? Right. So really, it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's strategy and mindset together, married perfectly. That's how I, I explain it. The marriage of mindset and strategy cuz you you do need mindset and strategy together to be successful you do
0: awesome and then how do you can you talk about flexibility as an idea within your you know within your program people coming in like do they need to have a degree of flexibility adaptability uh, to kind of like move through move through the process I was like I'm fascinated by uh, by by flexibility as an idea in general and so I was bringing sure. it into, into every conversation.
1: You know it's interesting you use a lot of words that are so interesting because I'm thinking that's what I call my smorgasbord. Okay so <laughs> basically we take people on every day of the week. It's it's there's no like I'm not a person that withholds anything. I'm not good at withholding. Mm-hmm. So we don't withhold information from our clients. We we serve them and give them the answers as soon as we can. Like people can message me and I will just immediately give them the answer. And a lot of my clients have said, I'm shocked that I ask you a question in Facebook Messenger and you answer on a Sunday evening. So mm. my thing is not to waste a minute of people's time because I value time more than anything in this life. Except for love and human relationships. I mean, apart from that, Time, you can't get time back. So why would I waste my clients' time? As soon as they're in, it's like let's just get you the information, the coaching you need. So right. it's a smorgasbord in the sense that we have different group calls, and we have you know one-on-one as needed. And people come in, and, and people are you know they're smart. They know what they need. They know they got to turn up to that mindset call if they're needing it that week, or maybe they need sales help. They'll turn up to the sales clinic. We teach. We teach. Heart based sales or they need more content help. So they're going to, so they're going to figure out, or they go to my, you know, strategy call. They're, people figure out what they need. They know what to ask questions for, but we also do have a lot of accountability for people that aren't aware or, or hiding or whatever. So it's very flexible. Actually, I call it like a custom made program in a way. There's certain things that are there, but really it's like a smorgasbord. You, you take, you, you take what you want from the table. If you need something else, say, Hey, can I have another piece of chocolate cake? We're like, sure. <laughs> that would yeah. be like maybe another one-on-one session. So it really is. I call it a smorgasbord in the sense like it's not strict, and you go in, and it's flex- it is flexible. What do you need? I have a lot of people that also work full time, so we work out how that's going to work for them as well.
0: Roger that based on your your online, based on what you're describing, I'm assuming that lone wolf is not in your uh, in your in your vernacular. It's probably not not how you're you're wired. So would you talk a little bit about? Uh, the power of support and the power of the power of groups in, in your own story, um, or maybe you were a lone wolf in your own story and obviously in what you've what you've built.
1: OK, I'm laughing because I was a lone wolf. I was a complete outlier and I almost, you know, some people that are outliers there, there's this sort of unrecognized attachment or something to that, that identity, Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean?
0: I, but I, I traveled. A, I
1: traveled a lot and lived in different places. So every time I went, I was a new person. I had to make new friends, and da da da. So there was something sort of a secret attachment to that. I realized later on. But at one point, you know, like I don't think being an outlier is a good thing. You want to be in a community, right? Okay. And and so I'm in a lot of communities myself now for various things, online and and some offline ones as well, like my church. That's a community. So um, I I believe that there is a, a place that we, we all have to be in a community because you, you know, when they say I'm a self-made millionaire, that's not true. I'm not a self-made millionaire. I, I became a millionaire because I had clients and I had teams right. That's why. So that's ridiculous. When they say self-made, there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire. You're selling to people. There's advisors there's coaches. That is really a misnomer. Okay. As far yep. as, but, but I do believe that you really do have to be an individual. And so if that means lone wolf, great. But I think you need to have both because it's one thing being in a community. It's another thing, just always just being a follower. You also want to be a leader and leaders are lone wolves in a way, even though they're connected to community. So you're in the community, but then you're standing out as the leader. If you want to call it a lone wolf, go ahead. I actually, people probably would see me as a lone wolf just because I'm not the average, you know, 58 year old, or I was a 54 year old solo parent with two kids, deep debt that decided she was going to make it in on the internet and became a millionaire in 17 months. And it wasn't like it was prescribed. I just did the work and it happened. It wasn't like, okay, here's my goal. 17 months, I'm going to become a millionaire. You know, that wasn't, it, it was just, I did the work and it happened by progress. And I had my head down the whole time. I was not, my head was not up looking around. You know, I was just down, do the work, do the work, to the point I got to a million. I didn't even realize it. I was like, wait a minute, looking at my bills, <laughs> I literally had to pinch myself. I thought, wait a minute, did I just get to? Wait, no, I actually I was at a million and I hadn't realized it for a couple of months. I was like, wait, I'm just going to do my numbers again. You should always know your numbers, folks. And I thought, wait a minute,
0: yeah. <laughs> I did it. I thought, hang on, did, did you I give yourself the grace to celebrate yourself at least when I you did. found out? Oh, I
1: did. We had, I told my daughter, you know, celebration, because, you know, you really do need to celebrate. And I I looked at it again and again and again. I had to pinch myself. I thought, what? I just, you know, bank accounts, everything. I looked at it and I thought, oh my gosh. So it wasn't like I'm like saying, you know, it's the thing. You're not looking around saying, how am I doing? You know, how, how am I doing? I just got a ding there. Sorry. It's not about how am I doing, mom? It's the head down, just doing your work. And then things happen and you're creating momentum, creating impact. And then I put my head up and I thought, Oh, wait a minute. Where am I actually?
0: You know? Yeah. And
1: that was a beautiful thing because I wasn't like waiting to get to the million. And like it wasn't even about getting to a million. It was just to happen by, by doing the process, which I think is a beautiful thing because it wasn't, I had other goals, but I didn't really have the million, a million dollar right. goal. It was so funny. I now have a goal of 10 million. Now I, now I got a
0: goal. You know, That's exciting,
1: yeah I'm at about almost three I'm pretty open about where I am in my earnings. I'm not exactly sure of that number somewhere near three, So I think it's important. It's not about the money. it's about the money, but it's not about the money. It is about showing people what's possible and inspiring them and if some old lady like me you know who's fifty eight can you know can do this, pretty much I think anyone can do it. I feel like if I can do it anyone, because I'm not techie. I'm not brilliant in any real way. I just said, you know what? I'm going to do this and I'm going to figure it out. I'm terrible at tech. I couldn't even use Zoom when I got online. One of my colleagues had to show me how to, he sent me a loom showing me how to use Zoom. He said, you're <laughs> the worst, most untechy person I've ever met in my life. I, 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 t- I tell no lie. That is, that is the truth.
0: Well, see, that that gives it. That gives me. It gives me hope. I'm like. Yes. I said. Like, I'm like oh, it's possible. It's all possible.
1: It is all possible. I, I mean, I, literally. I said to somebody. I said I should have my T-shirt printed on me. Least likely person to succeed.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I doubt it. There's uh, nothing um, about you which vibes least likely person to succeed online. Uh, there you online. go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair okay. enough.
1: Cause <laughs> I was hardly honest. Uninst- I, I I'm like that very late adopter. I didn't even know how to use a computer till I was 32. Like literally yeah. I was like a very artsy sort of, you know, herbal kind of person. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: very artistic. So if you knew my background yeah. of being very artistic and bohemian and it was, you know, all analog <laughs> that, you know, when I was living in Paris, I was living in a room and I had a, a mattress, a chair. And one of my friends had to buy me a radiator, you know, one of those plug in radiators. Cause I was freezing mm-hmm. because it was on the attic. I was looking at the Church of Central Peace, and I didn't. I had my kitchen had no running water, and the kitchen was also my closet. So, and the only electronic I had was an answering machine. Remember the answering machines where they
0: have to call? Oh yeah, me? yeah.
1: That was my one piece of equipment. So, yep. I, I didn't even know how to use a computer. So, when I say that I'm behind with tech, I'm behind with tech. I've really caught up in the last, you know, since I was, well. 32, when I started to learn how to use a computer, one of my friends showed me and I was like, this is so complicated. He's like, you're so like bad. So I'm telling you all this and your, your listeners, because I want them to realize I'm not great at tech. I'm not a tech person. I didn't work as a tech executive and I don't know how to do funnels. And I was broke, single mom, you know, all I was terrible at sales. When I had my, my first coach she used to say the word marketing. And I used to almost want to like, I mean, I was nauseous. So I've come from nowhere to become a marketer and learn how to sell, be a good coach, learn certain systems to use. Like I do know how to log into stuff now and my team does the rest, yeah. <laughs> but it's possible. So I think the message is, you know, I invite people to stop saying, I can't do that. That's all.
0: Love it. And so well, that dovetails nicely into, into a, a final question here. And that is, if you let's say you have somebody who is on the, is on the fringe. They're, they're, they're in the position. Something's kind of calling them. It's that like you mentioned at the beginning, the kernel in the back of your head, something's, mm-hmm. something's calling them. Um, they're scared. What mm-hmm. would you tell somebody? Uh, what would you share with them that's longing to take a risk, to be more of who they are, to, to step into, uh, to the unknown, but they're afraid.
1: Mm-hmm. What do,
0: what do you have to share with that person?
1: Well, first of all, I just share everyone's scared. We're all scared. So when people go, oh, I'm so scared. Uh, yeah, so so am I. We're all scared. Grant Cardone shared that he's scared, scared out of his wits every single day. It's just that the stakes are higher. Mm-hmm. If he falls, he falls like really hard, right? So first of all, I get it. I understand we're all scared because we, you know, we're going to take the sting out of that. Like I'm so different because I'm scared and I'm, I'm weird. Of course you are. We all are. It's human condition, right? So I've just now neutralized that. And about the risk, you cannot succeed without risk. You cannot. It's impossible to sort of, kind of, by magic of the million dollars falling on your head. I risk so much. I was already in very, very, very deep debt. And I thought I need to get online. And my voice in my head said, if not now, when, when you're 54, when's that going to happen? John 16. I thought, Oh my goodness. A reality check. It really shocked me into, I thought, okay, this is going to be hard. I'm going to get out of bed. And I'm going to go start looking for any program. And I found one that was 10 K cause you really need to pay 10 K to get any kind of you know support. It wasn't even that good, but it, it taught me what not to do because our, our, ours has so much more support, but that's an aside. And you need to take risks. You need to you know, stop saying, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't afford that. Because all that's doing is just really prolonging the existing condition, which is what is your existing condition? I don't know what that is, folks, but look at it. I want to be a coach. I want to be whatever it is you're doing. It's not working. No new information is coming in. You know, that's the, that's the, uh, you know, it wasn't Einstein that said that, but that's the definition of a crazy person is something happening when knowing your information, doing the same things over and over and over. It's not going to get any better. It's like a synapses in your brain. It's the rut. It's never going to, you have to have a pattern disrupt. So you need a pattern disrupt. You need to find someone who can help you. Some coach, someone that can help you who's done it before and, and then go through, don't go then. Oh, oh, I can't afford that. I don't want to, Cause then you're going way back into your hole. Like, you know, some people, they get enough bravery to get on a call and try to get help. And then, you you know, they see what's possible and then they go and hide in the further down in the corner of the dark cave. It's harder to come to the sunlight. Right. So yeah. I just invite people, you know, go into the sunlight. It will be risky, uh, you know, and the thing is not all investments work. They don't. So when people say to me, oh my goodness, I coach, you know, I invested in that and that and that, and I again go, yeah, <laughs> that's life. <lying. laughs> You know, it, it's not like, oh my gosh, it's so terrible. That's like, I call that um, catastrophic thinking. Oh my gosh, I did this and it didn't work, Sean. I know, we all do that. You're scared, I know. And I think it's it's really neutralizing all these normal things that people think are abnormal about them. It's, you know, I have paid a lot of money with various coaches and blah, blah, blah. And some you win, some you lose. But in the end, in the end, all the investment, I've won. Because I am where I am, Right. But people don't yeah. see it that way. They're like, everything must work exactly how I want it to be, or it's a failure, and that's just not true.
0: Yeah, because it means something about myself if if it doesn't, right?
1: Right. But you know what they say: you fail, you you succeed, or you learn, right? Right. You're learning.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jean O'Malar, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, spending time with us today. Um, what's the best way for for people listening to reach you?
1: Well, if you could put that link with all my reviews on my website, that would be great. Also, my, my name, I'm all over. My name, if you're on LinkedIn, just look up my name on LinkedIn. They'll see the spelling. Uh, Instagram, same. Facebook, the same. You got my website. It's pretty much everything you need.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with, this, uh, time with us today. And if you don't mind, um, I would love to stay connected uh, going forward.
1: Oh, I'd love that. It was so lovely to meet you.
0: Thank you. All right. This has been another episode of the Intentional Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to leave a five-star review if you found this content of value. And as always, I'm your host, Tom Ross, Master Practitioner of the Advanced Rapid Enlightenment Process and Rapid Enlightenment Process developed by Matthew Ferry. You can reach me at Tom at TomRossTalks.com. And the website to engage and be a part of any classes, trainings, or sessions I have going on is www.TomRossTalks.com. Until next time, peace.